The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. There aren't many women I look up to. Now, of course, you know that's not true. I look up to every woman. But physically, at six foot four, there are very few people I can look up to. Our guest today, I would definitely look up to. At six foot five and a quarter century of amazing accomplishments in BDSM, she's someone that everyone looks up to. Goddess Severa has been in the BDSM scene for 25 years. At six foot five inches tall, busty, lean, and naturally muscled, she is an Amazon fantasy come to life. She was mentored by the late great Ava Torrell of the Torrell Institute and Tara Indiana from the Den of Iniquity in New York City. She plays with subs in the United States, Canada, and Europe, and is a member website that has been updated weekly for 23 years. She is well-versed in the art of domination and includes her background in sports to her credentials. She was an accomplished equestrian, then collegiate, national team, and professional basketball player in Germany, Australia, and Switzerland. The goddess then attained a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and now enjoys indoor climbing. She has degrees in criminology, applied science, a BFA and an MFA, and she's traveled to all seven continents and brings a unique intelligence, joie de vivre, and an innate desire to connect with others and to her scenes. These days, she's somewhat reclusive and eschews the spotlight. But if you follow her on social media, you'll see what an amazing presence she is. Goddess Severa on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you ever step foot on an athletic 
ground of any kind and the reaction of people towards you? I would consider my first athletic ground um, riding. Mm -hmm. I used to be an, a really good equestrian. So I started riding when I was, and doing dressage when I was eight years old. So um, there was this girl in my class who didn't like, she, she was in elementary school with me and she didn't like that I had joined the pony club as well. So the reaction of people was to not like me very much. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> She wanted it to be her special thing. And then when I joined as well, so she didn't like this up and comer coming. So yeah, she, that unfortunately was my first experience in the sports field of like, why are you here? This is my place. First time you either intentionally or unintentionally dominated someone to the point where they literally shook in fear of you. I again, it all goes back to childhood, and I think I'm hardwired to wanting to misbehave, and so it was on the school grounds, um, teasing a boy named Charlie. Um, I made a sport of, of following him home after school and got my little girl gang to sort of a attack him. But after a while, he would be walking home from slow from school awfully slowly. So he'd want to be caught, but he would be scared because I would tie him to a tree and spank him and things like that. <laughs> it's very inappropriate, by the way. <laughs> you we asked. All, we all start somewhere. <laughs> Yes. First time you ever saw an image or a video or saw yourself in the mirror and said, this is how I pictured myself to be. Hmm. I don't know about looking at myself, but I remember the first time I was by myself in a little cabin and I tried on something that was very sort of satiny to the touch. Mm -hmm. And I remember really enjoying the tactile sensation of feeling it and going, mm, I like this, what is this? This feels good. First time you set foot in a dungeon and your emotions as you did. So the first time I stepped foot in a dungeon was in New York City, totally green, totally um, wanting to impress, but nervous. And so that's when I met my mentor but just being in awe and wanting to make a good impression. Yeah. First time you can remember a sub looking at you and telling you 
that you have made a positive difference in their life? I remember again in New York City and this fellow's eyes just lighting up and he was on the ground looking up at me and all he kept repeating was, oh, it's, it's, it's too much. This is just too much. And that's what he, he was just like, it's, oh, it's too much. And he was just floored that he's like, you, you can't be real. This is, this is too much. And he became my a sub and we've been together for 20 years. That's beautiful. And you mentioned oh, yeah. 20 years. We have almost a quarter of a century to talk about when we return with Goddess Severa, our guest this week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Have you ever dreamed of a house that is kink-friendly in every room? Have you ever wanted a getaway where your every desire is contained within steps? In Cincinnati, Ohio, the Wanton Sinners B&B is now open. Two kink-equipped bedrooms, a fully-equipped basement dungeon, and a living room with cages and restraint points throughout. And you can leave your toy bag at home because every space comes with plenty of toys and restraints. Visit Wanton Sinners on FET and follow the links to the Airbnb and Verbo listings. The Wanton Sinners B&B in Cincinnati, where your dreams have a home. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. The heart of the dominatrix. Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. 
If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics or are simply interested in relationships and the aesthetics of this world, this book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Welcome back to the program. Honored to be joined by Goddess Severa, 25 years in the BDSM scene. When you started, did you think that there would be longevity like that? So when I started, um, I got into the scene by accident, hmm. sort of. Like I, I didn't, I'm a good girl. Okay, like I was not raised to be in this sort of scene. I'm supposed to be in academia. I'm supposed to be a criminologist. And so it's in a short answer, no, I did not think, I was not meant to be in any of this whatsoever. Yeah. What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Um, I wasn't entirely sure but i thought i would be some sort of university professor really yeah i thought I, and then when i went to university I, it would make sense that i would be in criminology so and i did really well in it so i thought that okay i'll do because i was a, a also a basketball player at the same time so i thought okay i'll go play overseas for a couple of years and then I'll come back, do my grad degree and then, you know, settle down and get serious about um, teaching, I suppose. So teaching when, or research. Yeah. When did you find BDSM or did BDSM find you? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, I've always been a little bit off a little bit wired differently than my athletic friends who are just like jocks 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 and I never really quite fit in with with that crowd they always thought I was weird or they call me a freak um because I'm a curious person I I'm open to the world I'm open to the experiences and and back in my day like even being gay was like a terrible thing so mm -hmm. they just thought I was so outlandish to be so open-minded but um so when I was little I was um very much intrigued with stories like the old woman who lived in a shoe you know the little the old woman who had so many children she didn't know what to do so she gave him some spankings right? If you're familiar with that mother goose story. So I've always, and I was like, just enraptured with that story and just looking at this picture in this book and just fascinated with what was happening. And I wanted to be doing that. And that's, 
always what I tried to do with kids around the neighborhood is to spank them. <laughs> but uh, as time went on, you learn like that's not a socially acceptable behavior. So I suppressed it. So that's so that was like the the kernel of who I am was suppressed during my youth. And then, and I haven't told this story before ever actually about how I really became involved in this scene. And in some ways I wish that it never happened sometimes because I was so on the track to living like a normal life. And this sort of went taking me a completely different direction. But what, how I first became aware of the scene was um, I was playing basketball in college and there was some article about me in the paper because I had long blonde hair and I had just seen this movie, California, I think it's California with a K. And the woman there had this very severe haircut with bangs and uh, short hair, it was blue black hair. And I did that, I just cut it all off <laughs> and went from long blonde hair jock to this like, whoa, sort of extreme looking person. And so there was an article about me in the paper. And um, then just just about me in general and how I'm different from the rest of my jockey friends. And after seeing that article, someone from California, someone who has um, who's in the industry here, who does movies about um, you know uh, strong girls, fit girls, he he contacted me and said, "Listen." I work with women in the movies and you've this great look and I'd like to I'd like to bring you down to Los Angeles and help you be in the movies and I thought well that's interesting and how amazing and why don't I check this out so he flew me down to LA you know and like I guess these days you would call it grooming Mm -hmm. He bought me everything I looked at, even slightly, and was like, yeah, we're going to get you in the movies. I'll pay for acting. I'll do this. I'll do that for you. And I was like, um, really? What's the catch? What, what's the catch here? No, I just have this, uh, I just have this like fatherly um, interest in you and you've got a great look and I want to help you. And we did, and it turned out he, so he had this little video company and I did a little couple of videos for him flexing on the couch and carrying this guy around his backyard. And I, I was thought that was weird. And what does this have to do with Hollywood? Right. But, um, but I wanted, I thought, well, yeah, I want to be in the, in the movies. Right. So unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you look at it, so I had, um, I was on the national team. I had a, I had a contract to play basketball overseas. And um, so I gave that up because I was gonna come to Los Angeles to be a movie star, right? And two days, and that was a hard decision to make and probably a pretty knuckleheaded one, honestly. Um, because something, if when I look back, I can see like 
the little angel on my shoulder would have been going like, no, what are you doing? Um, and so two days before, so I'd given up the, uh, my position on the national team to play in the Olympics mm-hmm. and to play overseas. I had a career ahead of me in Germany. And two days before I was to fly down, he called me and he was like, uh, well, you know, you know, this can't happen unless you fulfill my attraction for you, right? Wow. And I was just like, gutted, gutted, because he talked to my family and it was, it was like, uh, it, what? And so I'd given up all these like huge career opportunities and um, for for this con basically that I should have known better than to accept this opportunity with this stranger. That being said, I always um, accept responsibility for my choices because that was my choice to do that and nobody forced me to give up a contract and um if i had really wanted to play basketball on the national team i wouldn't have quit but the truth was like i had chronic achilles tendonitis and these injuries were piling up and i was kind of burnt out and beaten up and so i being an adventurous sort of person had thought uh, well you know, let's just see what happens. And it turned out very badly. So there I was, set out of luck, if I may swear on your show. Mm-hmm. And um, just completely, uh, so that was my first introduction to the scene is like, here, uh, we're, we're jerks in this scene. Wow. Okay. But, but, but there is this, op- there is this scene, there is a scene of tall women and short men. So luckily, as fate would have it, um, one of my um, teammates was playing in Germany and one of the other import players wasn't uh, performing well. So she was like, hey, we need someone fast. Can you come? So um, so, so this person in LA like, has been the cause of my life to turn in a couple of interesting ways twice, okay? So, I went over, I went abroad. I got to play. I didn't get to play on the national team again. Okay. But I did get to go play in Europe and that led to Germany, Australia, Switzerland, playing overseas. And then by then, you know, I was like, okay, I've had enough. Um, And I had actually started um, dancing in a club just to make some extra money. I'd always been like a little bit, uh, extra a little bit out there the the first time I because it was hard to get work overseas so I started working in um, what was called a piccolo bar where you first of all wait I I I did teach English Mm -hmm. at Berlitz and Ilingua to Germans and I had a relationship overseas that I was staying there for I was teaching English but then I need you just need um, you need more money. So I started um, dancing in this piccolo bar and I knew nothing about how to be a dancer either. And one of the first dances that I went to was at a motorcycle rally and I had never 
dance before and, and there was this huge crowd and me just sort of clumsily awkwardly trying to entertain these people like completely out of my league and but that's kind of the way I do things in life like let's see how this goes and so I did that for a while danced at this club and until I was um, had this crazy relationship and then, uh, you know, I was working under the table. And then one day the, the cops um, came mm -hmm. and I had been uh, being bad and not like getting the correct paperwork done. And my friend Dominica was like, cops are here. And we, the plan was when that happened, you're supposed to uh, run upstairs and something. But instead I went and sat in the men's bathroom on the toilet and this um, <laughs> pop came and he knocked on the door and he was like, you can come out now. <laughs> and so I did. And then, uh, then I showed him eventually my papers and he was like, why would you want to be here? And it was sort of like an aha moment where I was like, yeah, why, why do I want to be here? Why am I doing this? I'm supposed to be doing something else. And that, and the next day, by chance, this person who had originally called me up in LA, he had he had made amends to me and he apologized for, for doing that mean trick to me. Mm -hmm. And he called me in Europe and said, Hey, the Mori Povich show needs needs a tall woman for their show on opposite attractions. And you just have to say that you like short guys. <laughs> and so I there I was uh, like in in Germany because I had like I can't couldn't go back to the club because I was like outed and so I was like well um, okay um I'll go to New York City mm -hmm. so in a very roundabout way that's uh, my way of letting you know how I so I went and did the show in New York and uh then while I was in New York, because I was also just like, what do I do with my life? My God. After the show, it was a good show. I, I like short men. The audience liked me. I liked them. I liked the short guys. So after the show, I I was sticking around in New York a little bit, but I didn't have any money. I just came there with a backpack. But I, I was driving in this, I was getting a ride in a cab. And there was a note in the cab, if not now when if not you who which i think is from the torah mm. and i but it, it was like a moment where i was like i could stay here i i could stay in new york city and so i did and so i, I looked through the at the time there were the yellow pages and because i'd done this work um in la being like there there was an attraction for tall women and then when I danced yeah people definitely like tall women and then I looked up this ad for uh, domination there was a big page about domination and that was by Ava Terrell of the Terrell Institute mm -hmm. and who god rest her soul she was my first mentor and um, like stepmother of sorts and I called her up and I said hi um new to new york you know just totally foolishly like do you have any um openings and ava was a very serious person and she was mm -hmm. like no no 
we have enough people already. And I said, did I mention I'm six foot five? She was like, oh, you must, you must meet me immediately. <laughs> and so I was so lucky to have that experience because she took me under her wing. She, because how do you exist in New York without anything? You can't. And I had tried to get a job via criminology and they just, they looked at my um, resume and, and said like, why would you want to work here with all this background and basketball and all this and that and traveling and so just nobody would even give me a chance but Ava um, of the Trail Institute she gave me a chance and so that was my real entry into the scene in New York City so that was um, that was in the late 90s. I couldn't and, imagine uh... <laughs> Ava seeing you walk in the door and quite honestly, I could only imagine her going, I can make a star out of this person. Because yeah. no one mm -hmm. could possibly have the look that you do and the courage that it took you to try to make it in New York with a backpack on your back speaks volumes about what kind of dedication you must have when it comes to being given an opportunity and making the most of it. And as much as the physical beauty that she saw, I'm sure she saw that as well. Yeah, I think Ava was a, another kind of crazy character. So we got each other. Do you know anything about Ava? I don't. Okay, yeah, she she was just a fantastic person. She was a she was the daughter of a Finnish prince. She was from Finland, and she lived in Mexico. And she was a film star in Mexico. She was friends with people like Camille Paglia, poets, porn stars, writers, directors, really like high up sort of people. This wasn't like the seedy underbelly mm -hmm. of New York. Of of and I'm familiar with that scene as well. But she she had a sort of wonderful recklessness that sometimes you would just be like, oh, Ava, please don't, please don't, please don't say that. Or she was just like, uh, she didn't have boundaries. Mm -hmm. But she was a very fascinating person. And um, she, yeah, she saw something good in me and she took a chance on me. I look very different than I do now too. I had a uh, um, very cropped, like almost a buzz cut um, platinum blonde hair. And uh, so sort of not androgynous, but uh, just, mm, I wouldn't even say butchy, but just, just completely different than now where I've, uh, since then I realized like you got to really oomph up the femininity, but I was more um, streamlined and like, buzz cut hair then but that was also yeah. a time when annie lennox and that look was really yes in vogue and i can right. only imagine in the word that i would come up with would be striking to see yes. someone of your stature and your power with that look it's it would be one of those things where i would just be in awe of you walking in and it has nothing right. to do with the fact that I'm a, naturally a sub. It has everything to do with 
this is an amazing body <laughs> that I see here. And to have your intelligence behind it, oh my gosh, what an amazing presence you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel very fortunate to have met her. And then, uh, so I started first working um, with her and then with Tara Indiana. And um, so I was with them for just back and forth for about five years. And then I became, um, I struck off on my own. Yeah. I can obviously have seen your content through your modern time. I haven't seen much of your old stuff, but you have kept a website up to date for more than 20 years with new content every single week. I think that, could I just like raise a hat to myself and go, yes. I bet I am. I am probably amongst the most responsible people out there. <laughs> it's like, yes, I do. I'm always having to feed the machine that is my website. And at first, when it first started out, um, it was like a great big money maker, and it was all new. The internet, like, because when I first started out, we had you took out ads in in the magazines mm -hmm. and the papers. And you just have like a one page like ad of you and you'd hope that someone would write you like to this uh, you know, post box. Mm -hmm. And it's then the internet came along and that completely changed everything. And so at first, like everything was like made a ton of money, but then like as time goes on, now it's all free, right? So it's harder to make a living that way. That being said, even though, it's not what it once was. I update that sucker every single week. And I, it's, it's my little, I, I think of it as, I, I would keep it up probably if, even if I had, you know, very few members, cause I like doing it. And I, I think of it as my little art project because I have, I have hustled my friends to be on there, <laughs> my jujitsu um, classmates. Um, it's I've like shot from like abandoned factories in Germany and just all over the place. So it shows like my travels, my friends, my lovers, my ex-lovers, the people I used to know, the people. It, it's just like a little, um, it's like a time machine into my kink life. And so I actually feel very proud about being um, being a responsible and good person to my members by, yes, every Thursday it will be updated. <laughs> and so I try to I try to come up with I've never looked at anyone else's kink videos mm. or I see. I mean, I come across stuff on Twitter or whatever, but I, I, I don't pay attention to what other people are doing. I have always just done my kooky weirdo things myself based on what I think um, what I've experienced in playtime with people what people like what people request but I don't know what other people uh really do because I just sort of have been trucking along by myself doing my weird little photo shoots and um trying to create a quality product that I'm proud about.
when oh. you took the turn that you did back in New York City, going towards this world, could you have ever believed the happiness that it would bring you? Because it seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you have great joy in your art. You have great joy in doing what you do. Um, or is there the, that little part that goes, what if things were normal? Well, you know, it is, it's been a good life, but it's been a tough life mm -hmm. too. So just as, um, I feel like we all, we all make our difference to the world, however we can. Right. Mm -hmm. And I try to make the world a better place through having good interactions with people and making people feel empowered through their submission so that they feel good about themselves and that's one thing that um that Ava really sort of drove home that people who are happy with their fantasy life are happier people overall right that being said you can't always satisfy every person there are mean people out there there are mm -hmm. toxic people there are bad experiences there are experiences I wish I didn't have there have been many ways in which I've been an an outlier so I can't talk about what I do there are people who whisper about what I do I'm completely misunderstood by the vanilla world and so that has um led to yes i i'm sexy i'm powerful i'm strong i've been given this wonderful opportunity by men to be able to live the life that i do however it's it's a very one-dimensional life right being mm -hmm. being a man's fantasy or trying to fulfill men's fantasy it only goes so far in fulfilling um, my own desires because you're constantly fulfilling. Yes, you do the stuff that um, that you like, but at the same time, it can get. Um, I've had my struggles with just how far outside of acceptable that my life is. And so that's that's led to some problems, mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, whatever you do in life, I think it's important to own it, right? So you do the best that you can. And, and one of the ways, it's not just the only thing that I do in life, right? I'm not just people say, well, what are you? I'm not just a dom. It's one thing that I do. That's not what I am. Right, my life goes far beyond this, but I am grateful for or feeling like I have made the occasional really good connection with somebody where they feel good and you have this moment where 
nobody else exists and it's us and we're in this and other world does not where this is now and this is what's happening and i'm tapping into you and you're in subspace but i'm in the space too and we're getting this like electric shock together and that is the sort of high when things go right that feels like wow I, I can make a difference. And this is, if, if God is a purpose for me, then through a strange way, I'm helping people this way, but it has come at a cost, right? And um, so do I wish I'd had another life to live as a criminology professor sometimes? Yes, because um, yeah. It's been, it's, cause I don't, my, my peer group are not other doms. So once in New York, that was easy to have lots of um, kink friends, but um, suppose in LA, everybody drives around in their cars and it's a little bit more isolating. And as you grow older too, it's harder to make new friends. So I'm just kind of, it's just like my website. I'm trucking along doing what I do, but kind of in a, in a very isolated way. And when you're in a community of, vanilla people it can be hard to be like the weirdo so that that at times has um been a struggle for me but as time goes on too i feel like it takes time to be an authentic dom when i was in my 20s that that was not like a genuine dom i wasn't old enough to be a good dom and I tolerated way too much BS and I have way better boundaries now. Now I feel like I'm authentically really becoming a dom and that to become good at something, especially with this work, you know, they say it takes 10,000 hours, 10 years to be good at something. Um, I still feel like I could be better at this but I, I feel like I'm really still like coming into my own and that I'm I'm feeling very solid now. Whereas I look back at myself in my twenties and I'm like, oh no, you you let that happen. Oh geez. Um, I just didn't you don't get it until you've really been around for a while, until you can really read people. And I would say that really have to spend a lot of time with people watching people reading between the lines um, to really provide something that's authentic and good and and that means also saying no to a lot of different people too and, and realizing when someone isn't right for you or, or just noticing the red flags what fulfills you In, and just in general or specifically what kink related? What makes you, not kink related, as a person, what makes you happy? I am happy when I'm treating my body right, when I'm getting lots of sleep and I'm working out and when my body feels good and when I'm doing something for my mind and doing something creative and um, connecting with people, yeah. That connection, 
that you talked about, even when it comes to playtime. That moment when two people have that electricity going between each other. The vanilla world or the mainstream world always hears about kinky sex. And it's so much more than that. It is so much about the connection that two people can have. And you talked about it being therapeutic. You talked about it being something that can heal people. I've often said the greatest freedom I have ever had in my life when was, was when I was totally bound in a latex body bag. And I felt safer than I have ever felt in that moment because mm -hmm. of the people that were around me who were allowing me to find that space. That must bring you such joy to be able to give those moments to the people that you play with. That That's everything really. It's the only thing that I actually really want is to be able to have those moments. That's, that's what I hunger for because it, it, when you get it, it's like a high where you're just completely present. And it's just, it's so, it's, um, it's not a performance and it's not in for an audience. It's just a special private moment between two people that's that's how i like it i'm a very one-on-one -on -one person just it's shutting everything else completely out and trying to create that safe space where we can just be together and experience this that's that's my happy place when the rest of the world goes away when it's just you and the other person. How hard is it to ever leave that? Well, you know, they say what a good guest is, right? A good guest knows when to leave, right? So you have to know when to leave the party on, on the best part of the party. And you don't hang out too long because then, you know, then the rough edges come out. If you have like a specific time set, then I can be on my best behavior. I'm there for you, not grumpy at all. And like the devil horns don't come out. It's, it's important to know when to stop because nothing good ever happens from trying to keep the party going, right? So it's okay for things to end and pick up later, but you don't wanna keep, I, I don't wanna keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Just know when to, know when it's enough. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think. 
and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Well, hi there, Catsuit. This is Jacqueline Powers, and yes, I really am back, recording new hypnosis files again on YouTube, and also on Patreon, for the more adventurous fans out there. And John, I really enjoyed coming on your show so much, and finding out that you had your very own experience with my hypnosis files. So, if you want to learn more about how I got started with online hypnosis, all you have to do is just listen to my interview on the What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want podcast. You all know I love my cat suits, and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing Winter Fetish. I've had some of them for 10 years, and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the House of Gordon. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, and now these suits can be yours. And if you use the code www.spandexcat, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the Practical Contract Guide, Relationship short Shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Hi there. I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Nookie. I am joined by Goddess Severa, who has been in the BDSM scene for 25 years. And in that time, being six foot five inches tall, you can never be out of the spotlight. You are one of those people that no matter where you go, you're the center of attention. 
Has that been hard on you? Or do you enjoy that? I think like many people who are different, who are physically different, when you're young and you're around idiots, yeah, that's hard. And still at my age, people can be idiots. But at the same time, I'll never forget, um, I was going out to some modeling audition with, with a bunch of people and this beautiful young black man, he was like, you are money, okay? You are money. People, do you know what people would do to have your height? You walk into a room and people look at you, okay, girl? You don't even realize like that is power, that is money. You gotta work it. And I was, I thought, wow, that's, uh, I am money. <laughs> you know? So that it is true. Like people, if, when people, when you have people's attention, you, that is something that you can do something with. So while it, it takes sometimes a while to grow into your power, once you have it and you feel confident in yourself, it doesn't matter if you're a big fat woman, if you're an amputee, if you have like a, you know, I don't know, some birthmark on your face, mm -hmm. if you own it, no matter what you look like, and you're like, yeah, here I am, like I am, and you feel good with who you are, all of a sudden, you'll find that the way people treat you is completely different. Because if you walk with your head up high and you have a little bit of swagger, then people are like, whoa, ooh, she's cool, or wow, look at that. And I could tell that just from my own experience from being, and, and I'm naturally maybe a bit shy, but on the other hand, I am not shy at all, <laughs> right? So once you like open up to the universe, the universe shall provide. I have a particular, I'm not gonna call it a fetish, but I'm gonna call it a total appreciation for shoulders. Mm. I don't know of a lot of guys who do, but I do. And one of the pictures that was selected for our social media has this amazing pose that you have that is mostly shoulders. And the presence of you there from the back tells a story in itself in the fact that your confidence doesn't have to be shown through your face. It can be shown through your stature. Mm. How cool is that? I wonder which picture that was. I'm, I'm trying hard to remember. <laughs> did it show, did it show, was it the one room from behind where I had a corset? Yes. On? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I love that shot. Um, I think that one is one of my favorite pictures too because it shows just the years of work that I put into jujitsu, into basketball, into writing, into just living uh, a hard, good athletic life and really earning my stripes and earning my bruises. And, you know, when you go through those sorts of sports, there's no such thing as being like dominant and submissive. You eat humble pie, right? 
no matter who you are, no matter if you're some big tough guy, you can get just totally rolled. And so developing some skills, but also some experience and um, makes you battle hardened, right? And so you do, nobody can take that from you. It is a power just because you've been through things that no one else will understand unless they've been through it too. You've been through a life of competition with all your athletic prowess and the games that you played. Even in equestrian, it is the search for perfection or making sure that there aren't mistakes made, especially in equestrian being such a difficult sport. And quite honestly, the idea of someone of your stature controlling a horse of that power that's that's a scene unto itself does that competitive side of you come out in the dungeon or is it a different side of you each time depending upon who the sub happens to be every scene is different according to who's in front of me so I'm not just like a cookie cutter dom where you're going to have the same experience. Mm -hmm. I do my homework on mm -hmm. people. And sometimes people, go. my subs write me and go, oh, I can't believe how you, you really, you really you read actually what I wrote you. And I sometimes think, what is everybody else doing? Right. So I actually do my homework on reading what people have written me. If there are things that they have sent me, I make sure that I watch it. And so um, if, if someone um, needs a soft touch, they're gonna get the soft loving mean that has nothing to do with competition. Mm -hmm. If some jackass walks in, um, <laughs> I would say that all bets are off. And I have had people wrestle me where they've actually said, I thought I was gonna walk all over you. And I think, why would you want to walk all over me? And then they're just flabbergasted when I have rolled all over them, mm -hmm. right? Because, and, and I think that, so I am competitive physically. So if it's, if it's about the wrestling scene, I'm very much, uh, I have fire in my belly and I like to win and I'm very aggressive and I like to choke and I know how to use my body in a way that creates pain. So I would say with those sorts of people, I'm extremely competitive within reason, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I can, of course, dial it back. I, I bring everything up to the level of what people give me. It's all a, it's all a play. It's like all about that connection again, right? If you're gonna be a jerk to me, hey, I can meet you there, right? If you're a little darling, little angel, oh, <laughs> wonderful. So it's it's not, it's just as really tailored to who are you? And then you can see who am I? Is there a soft spot that you have that just captures your heart, a quality that a person can have that makes you just melt? 
you mean if someone does something nice for me or what sort of person? Just a quality in a person, whether it is gift giving, whether it is acts of service, whether it is wonderful words to you, something that makes you. Yeah. I, I love it. I still remember when I was in, uh, when I was a little girl and I was in grade three and this girl, and I think, I think, do you know what ASMR is? Mm-hmm. Auto sensory meridian response. Okay. So she turned around and she was drawing on my paper and it gave me this lovely, warm, soft feeling like I was just oh, I just felt so relaxed and so wonderful so when someone does something nice for me like they're they're they could be cleaning my bathroom or maybe they're like really um they're just doing something for me whether it's like looking at my um legs and just going oh it's just they're they're enraptured they're in the moment so but they're doing something for me or in service to me. And that makes me melt. I I just find that so appealing. It has that, it brings me back to that feeling that I had as a little kid when, I don't know why, like I thought she was doing something nice by drawing on my paper, but I guess I liked the attention mm-hmm. and it made me feel special. So when people do things that make me feel special, I, yeah, I totally milk and i'm a sucker for a good foot massage you mentioned that you enjoyed when people would look at your legs do you have a favorite part of you Mm. oh there's just so much (laughs) (laughs) and Um, that's the truth (laughs) which is why i asked the question um well when you're a perfectionist as i am when i always I'm careful to overly praise myself as I am self-critical. And I, while I, I do brag online, I'm actually, um, you know, I don't take, I don't think any of this is real, right? I'm pretty grounded. That being said, I've got pretty great um, legs. I've got very lovely lean legs. They're not huge muscular legs, but I've got beautiful calves I've got the strangest feet that I've seen and that took me a while to because I have arches that are so high that they don't touch the ground they just they're like high-heeled feet Mm. and you know in the past I might have been shy that they're so wide and so big and is that embarrassing but you know what it's like being in the scene, it teaches you to own whatever it is, but you just own that difference. So now I'm like, look at these size 12 double wides. Like, wow, come on, everybody, look. <laughs> so, so, um, so I do think my feet are very sculptural as like an, almost like a, a sculpture, yeah. Um, I can always improve, but I, I like my arms. And uh, yeah, well, we'll leave it at that. I can always like do better. <laughs> I feel if you're an athlete, you feel like, ah, oh, I could do this. I could do that. I should be this. I should be that. That being said, I think it's important to be like grateful 
that you have this contraption to carry your head around, right? Like my body has been an ally in a very unusual life. So I'm grateful for it and all its flaws and um, it's good things too. I am amazed on your social media. You are so active on Instagram and always appreciate all the different things that I see. Do you have a favorite type of content that just makes you smile and go, I love this stuff? Well, first of all, let me address that I've been banned by Instagram five times. So mm -hmm. um, I only I only recently, I had a fan run, run Instagram for a while. And just in the past month, I was like, hey, why don't I you know, chime in here. And then I started, that's when you saw the uptick mm -hmm. in uh, me posting different stuff. So I'm always cautious. I can't post what I, what I would like to on there. Cause they're, they think you're a bad person. If mm -hmm. you like show a, a heart over someone's bum, right. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're taking this down because you're naughty. So, um, you know, I like pictures that, so a positive thing happening, whether it's between a sub and me, or if it's just a beautiful location, I probably like things that maybe subs don't like. They probably just want sexy stuff, but I'm like, look at this mountainscape. Isn't that great? Like I, I approach things more, I think from an artistic background than, or, or sometimes even funny than you know, might not be the sexiest thing always. I don't know if it is. I'm just sort of doing my own thing, like I said. So, and I'm trying not to get banned. So that's that's <laughs> sort of what, uh, what, what I'm curtailed by, yeah. Is there a type of outfit that shows you off more than others that's your favorite to wear and you feel confident in? I'm a leather girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm all about the leather. I don't understand why anybody, like I can understand rubber, but it breaks, it tears apart. And you spent all this money on something that's just torn apart. I have the same corset that I bought 25 years ago, that's leather and it's still fine. So I, I'm also about things lasting. So I do mm -hmm. like leather and I, I have a lot of um, custom leather outfits that I just adore. Is there something on your bucket list you haven't done yet? I have seen way too much already. So um, that being said, I, um, I'm open to new surprises. I'm not sure what else there could be. Um, I feel, I still feel innocent though, no matter how many years I've been in this scene, I'm somehow, uh, I still maintain my innocence despite being exposed to a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm just open-minded to what sort of new things I could see. And I'm I'm interested if you know of anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy learning. I've anticipated this interview for quite a while obviously, because being six foot four and talking to someone who's six foot five, I'm sorry, that is just an all time wonderful thing. I will tell you that the one time I totally made a fool of myself was when I was 
I've done many times, but one time was when I met a woman named Heidi Olson, who was six foot five. I think she played basketball in Utah, perhaps, but she was a live model in Dallas, Texas, when I was going to college there. And when I first saw a picture of you, I thought the exact same thing. I know that you're this amazing Dom and you're this amazing person, but I'm the only thing I could think of is because I've dated so many short people in my life. Just once I want to be the person putting my head on your shoulder for a slow dance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because to me, that would be the ultimate thing because I've had my neck pulled down so many times. Right. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, I was once at a party and there was this um, fellow there who was 6'11". Mm. and people were like hey look at you too come on over and meet this guy and he put his arm around me and I looked up at him and I was like I feel funny I don't <laughs> like this I like I like being the big one so in your case I would happily have you lean on my shoulder and Aww. give you a little cuddle <laughs> Thank you very much. It has been an absolute honor speaking you, to you today. And I have a hunch that there's a lot more to this story. And hopefully we will run into each other and be able to exchange some more stories at some point, because it's been a pleasure to do so today. Thank you so much for having me. What a great opportunity to meet such a great lady. And you can understand why so many people look up to her, not just for her height, but to what she's brought to this wonderful community of ours for over a quarter of a century. I look forward to continuing to follow the journey of Goddess Severa. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. She is the vixen sadist, patron saint of debauchery, and a professional dominatrix since 2003, the South Florida pro-dom, Mistress Natalia Sedici. A great conversation next time on the program. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, special thanks to Goddess Severa for joining us today on the show. And thank you to you. I hope your holiday season is going well as you look forward to celebrate whatever holiday you do. We celebrate you every single day. I'm John, also known as Hi There Katsu. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast, and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, Built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.